You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. Alrighty. Let's get to it. <laughs> oh, so we're on episode 13. The, the lucky number, 13. The luckiest number, the spookiest number. Mm-hmm. So episode 13 is called Beyond the Sea, and it is a lot about uh, psychics. There is a psychic, well, debatably a psychic, who is in jail on death row, and they think that maybe he can help with the case, uh, but they also think maybe he's lying. But also there's a whole real sad storyline about Scully. Yeah. Yeah, there sure is. Um, but Scully does see a ghost. So <laughs> pros and cons, pros and cons. Um, Scully's dad dies at the, the start of this episode. This is the only time we've met him. Um, and he has about three lines. And then uh, he is dead. Yep, yep. He's got three lines, and they're all essentially like, I don't like your job. Yeah. How's your job going? (laughs) They're literally... He's, like, only asking because, like, I think her mom must have been, like, you need to talk to her about her job because you don't talk to her about it anymore because you're still so mad that... She's not a medical doctor, and instead she's a kick-ass FBI agent, um, which is clearly a worse job to have, and it's just incredibly disappointing. Yeah, it, it did make me think. I mean, like, I think we know now that police and FBI agents aren't great, but I've never heard of a parent being disappointed in their kid being an FBI agent. Like, that was a really surprising plot line. Do you think that her dad, even back then, was, like, leading the defund the police (laughs) movement? Um, Just based on appearance, I'm going to say no. Um, (laughs) He looks like someone who really likes the police. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I think it's just people really, um, like, hold high regard for for doctors and medical professions um, and for her to go through all of her schooling and then to change her mind. God, how dare she, um, I guess is where the disappointment comes in. But every time I watch this episode, there's the scene at his funeral where Scully just like straight up asks her mom if her dad was proud of her. And it's just so heartbreaking. But every time I'm like, okay, I mean, FBI agent or medical doctor, I sit in my room and record a podcast most days of the week. And my parents <laughs> are like, through the roof excited. Like, Yeah. I, can't, I just can't imagine having that, like, that much pressure. I'm like in my right. eighth year of undergrad and I'm like, I'm also doing a podcast. And they're like, yay, Leah. <laughs> I think it really, I mean, my reading of this was like, I I guess that her dad put a lot of pressure on her growing up for her to really not know after he's dead, whether he was like ever proud of her. But 
it's just like what a privileged position to be in that your dad is mad that you completed med school and then got recruited for the FBI. The episode starts with Scully and her parents together and then her parents leave and she falls asleep on the couch and she wakes up and she sees her dad sitting on a chair across from the couch. And it's really creepy what she sees because he's just like sitting there and his mouth is moving, but no words are coming out. And then, of course, the phone rings, he disappears, and she gets told that uh, he had passed away very suddenly, which is really what an upsetting experience. And also, I feel like maybe a common, I don't want to say it's common, but I feel like I've heard these things before Mm -hmm. of like, I saw this person in my dream and then I learned that they had died or, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, it probably happens. And I think, I mean, I don't know. I guess most people would not assume immediately that it was a ghost, but I just think it does really speak to like the level of Skelly skepticism that she thinks her dad just like came back into her apartment alone and is just sitting there like you said his mouth's moving but he's not talking and she's just like dad I thought you left like I guess you wouldn't immediately think oh it's a ghost but I would be like something's freaking wrong like (laughs) yeah but she's not even like unsettled whenever she looks away and looks back and he's gone she's just like okay that happened I think she I honestly think she's kind of like, okay, maybe I made that up. Like, she's, I do think she's freaked out, but I think, you know, she obviously doesn't want to admit that she saw the ghost. And, like, she literally doesn't say it for, like, the rest of the episode. She's like, I'm just not going to tell anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Because then I'd have to admit that ghosts are real, and I can't, I can't do that. Well, she does keep seeing him throughout the episode at times. Um, she'll see him. I, I think that the person who's in jail turns into him for a second. I think yeah. she sees well, him in a, in a hotel room. Um, she sees him like a couple times. And it is kind of like, is this a ghost or is her mind so preoccupied that mm-hmm. she's just imagining she's seeing him? Yeah. Well, I do. I mean, I'll say right off the bat, I believe... Um, this guy in jail, and I can't believe Boggs. Is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. Boggs. I believe him. I do. I I say fuck you, Mulder. Um, uh, how dare you? The one time that Mulder's like, nah, this guy's faking it. He can't do any of this. Um, and then of course Scully's like, well, I can't now say that I believe it because that's not gonna work well. Um. But I do, I fully believe that uh, he could, it's like he channels, he's like a psychic, but he's all, he can also channel the dead, which apparently happened because the last time he was, or I guess he's probably been in prison the whole time, but the last time he was about to be executed um, for murdering his whole family, by the way, um, they don't execute him and then like all the souls of the dead just come and and enter his body and he now uh is like a medium but in like a really intense way yeah it certainly seems like he's more haunted by 
the dead than living yeah. peacefully with them. Oh, yeah, but I know. It's a really big thing in this episode that Mulder is skeptical. Mulder is flat out like, I believe in this stuff, but this guy is fucking lying and you can't believe yeah. him, Scully. Like, it's it's a real role reversal, which was exciting to see because Mulder is just absolutely like, you cannot believe, believe this guy and Scully wants to believe. Yeah. And so Mulder did like a profile on this guy previously when he was, you know, doing profiles on criminals, apparently. Um, And that's why they're even on this case is because the guy knows about the profile and specifically asked for Mulder. Um, Which is kind of like, how did the guy get his hands on this profile? He's in prison. He's been in prison. It seems like a very long time. Um, But he somehow knows the name of the FBI agent that knows everything about him. So I have questions that will never have answers. Yeah. And Mulder says that he wants revenge on Mulder because Mulder mm-hmm. helped get him arrested. So in some ways he knows that Mulder was responsible for him getting caught. Yeah. But also I do want to say that Mulder is skeptical. Mulder Keep saying this guy's lying. We can't believe mm-hmm. him. But then Scully writes in her whatever case notes that she doesn't believe him, and Mulder gets mad at her. Mulder yeah. still actively not believing that this guy is real is like, fuck you, Scully. You wrote that you you didn't believe it, even though you did, because you don't want people to think you're like me. And I get like, so mad at the end of this episode. <laughs> He, like, he really, I think, treats her unfairly sometimes. He really does. I have, I have a note on it where I said, I hate when Mulder yells at Scully, but I love when Mulder yells. <laughs> Ooh, I feel that. I, I yeah, it's very that. conflicting. I'm like, how dare you talk to her that way? But scream anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he really does. It's really infuriating. And, like... You know, kind of, I feel like in this episode, we really see an environment where, like, Scully feels like she can't, I mean, Scully obviously would have a hard time admitting her belief anyway, and especially relating to, uh, like, seeing her dad's ghost, but, like, she just, like, Mulder gives her no room to even go there. Um, which is incredibly unfair because she lets him go there every fucking episode with whatever he wants. I mean, she fights him on it, but she doesn't stop him. Well, I guess you, you bring up a good point, but something that I did think a lot during this episode was like, things would be so much easier if Scully could just emotionally open up to Mulder. If she could just like, tell him I'm having a real tough time. I think I'm seeing my dad. I don't know what's happening. Like that would solve all of her problems. And I think that he would be understanding and willing to listen, but she definitely comes off to me as more closed off than he is. And if he were in her situation, he probably would have been more willing to talk about it. Cause I mean, he basically in the last episode told her everything about his ex-girlfriend and was like, yeah. you know, sharing a lot. She's, she's definitely emotionally closed off. Um, but 
you know, I think she maybe grew up in a household where, well, I guess her and her mom are close, but like she thinks her dad doesn't trust her or, um, that's wrong. She thinks her dad isn't proud of her. <laughs> I've never seen this show. Um, <laughs> she thinks her dad isn't proud of her. Uh, and even when she asks her mom, her mom just says, he was your father. And it's like, all right, that's, I, tell just, she needs to explicitly hear you say it and you're not giving her. So I think probably in general, most of her family is, is mostly closed off. That's my analysis of uh, the Scully family. Yeah, that's probably true. I do need to point out that towards the beginning of this episode, after, um, Scully's dad dies. The first time she comes into work, Mulder Mm -hmm. calls her Dana and it kind of stops her in her tracks a little bit. And she's shocked. And I think she's even kind of mad because she knows that he's treating her like she might be a little fragile um, Mm -hmm. by calling her by her first name. But I, it was an interesting moment that she was kind of taken aback by him using her first name. Yeah. She really doesn't, doesn't like it. Um, I think, I, I don't know that it's really discussed a lot later, but I know there's like, I'm having like flash forwards of episodes later where someone called her Dana and she's like, it's scully. Like <laughs> she is very insistent. Um, and I think that's great. Good for her. Um, I want to mention in that same scene when, you know, they're talking and she's kind of like, insisting that she work with him because he's like, maybe you need some time. And she's like, I need to work. And to like console her, he just caresses her cheek with his full hand, which is just such an intimate um, way to treat your coworker uh, in any scenario, uh, regardless of who's died in their family. I have a note about this as well as well. And what I wrote down was no no coworker has ever touched my face while consoling me about something. Because it's true. Ne- not, I'd be, not once. <laughs> I'd be pretty upset um if somebody did. <laughs> if someone is so just I find that to be a weird thing at any time. Like I think if if someone I was in a relationship with just like out of nowhere, just like caressed my face I don't know it I don't maybe I'm just maybe intimacy just makes me uncomfortable but I find it to be a a weird thing to do it's I think it's I would think it's weird as like a standalone gesture but if it was like yeah a caress followed by like a kiss on the forehead or like you know some other um act of closeness following it but just this simple like hand on the cheek and then, all right, see you later. And then away. Yeah, I think that's what's weird about it is that it's just so isolated and it's a strange thing to be isolated. I kind of, you know, now that we're like really fleshing it out, I'm like, this is going to be 90% of uh, this episode, uh, this one, <laughs> this one facial <laughs> caress. But I kind of, I could kind of see it as being like Mulder kind of just did that on instinct, like, because he wanted to comfort her and then realized that like, I shouldn't touch her face like that. <laughs> They're like, he realized he couldn't do a follow-up action. Like he can't kiss her um, 
uh, to yeah. make her feel better. And so that's why perhaps it was just a standalone moment of, of caring and weakness. And um, yeah, I mean, he could have hugged her though. No. I mean, like, <laughs> inappropriate, I <have> Alana. <laughs> I have hugged coworkers. That is a thing that has happened. That would be believable and acceptable. Have they hugged at this point in the show? Um, not that I can remember. I think, you know, they've only done the naked candlelight stuff, the weird yeah. uh, parasite <laughs> back massages. Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> All the normal, all the normal ways that you interact with your your new coworker, um, but not hugging. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they have. I feel like the closest they get is like in the end of this episode when Mulder's in gets shot and he goes to the hospital. Oh yeah, Mulder gets shot in this episode. Mulder gets shot. <laughs> Mulder gets shot, and uh, frankly, he was warned to stay away from the White Cross and. He did not because, I mean, I don't think he saw it also, but uh, he also yeah. just wasn't going to believe anything Boggs said. Yeah. Yeah. Boggs tells him not to follow the guy he's chasing after or his blood will spill on the white cross. And it sure does. It sure, it sure does. does. It sure does. And he, I mean, pretty much everything this guy tells them is correct and does happen. Um so I guess they're they're trying there were two like 19-year-olds that were kidnapped um which matches the same which is like the case that they're on and matches the same description of a previous case where similar age similar situation and then they were found dead like a week later and they thought it was a standalone incident and now they think it's a serial incident and Boggs claims to have insight um on why this is happening. And that is, that is why um, this episode exists uh, or whatever you want to say, but well, everything, go ahead. In Boulder's defense, he thinks that Boggs is lying because he, it's not that like he believes necessarily the information is wrong, but he thinks that Boggs is setting it up from the inside and that the person that's on the outside kidnapping these teenagers was his partner when he was free and is now working with him to set all of this up. So Mulder thinks everything he tells them is a trap. But it's not. He is genuinely somehow trying to help them. Um, I also, I think the the guy that plays Boggs, I love. (laughs) Every time I watch this episode, I get so excited by him because he's so good. Um, And I don't know if you looked him up, but I did this last time I watched the episode because I was like, who is this guy? Has he been in anything else? What's his deal? Um, and this guy is the voice of Chucky in all of the Child's Play and Chucky movies. All with- right. See, I, I couldn't tell whether you were going to go with uh, the Child's Play movies or whether you were going to tell me he's the voice of Chucky in The Rugrats. I, uh, both. He's both. Um, <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Um, but I was just, I was, I was impressed by him. I think he's great. Yeah. I, when I was watching this, I was like, this must have been a dream 
role to get because he just gets to like go all in and when i say overact i'm not saying that he was doing a bad job but i mean he he gets to go to like the 10th degree with the his extreme acting. yeah just him like taking on the like persona of each spirit or whatever that inhabits his body is just like so fascinating to watch and even i mean we barely know scully's dad aside from like you know the beginning three seconds of this episode but like i fully believe that this guy is her dad when it happens uh he really gets into that character and i it's so great also i am tried to talk my mom into getting the kiss and kill tattoo on our knuckles and uh, she said no oh i love that tattoo it's i was when i when i first saw that it said kill i was like all right and then the next time when i saw the other hand said kiss i was like oh man i like this guy he's great i think he's great that's (laughs) i mean yeah okay he's a murderer he killed the whole family but he's pretty cool other than that um and I do, I do I sympathize with him. I was watching um, this episode. I don't need to keep saying that. You guys get it. Uh, we're watching the X-Files. But um, <laughs> I was like, I don't guess I know much about um, the death penalty, uh, which I guess I should educate myself a little more. But I don't think I was aware, or like I was, but I didn't think about it a lot, that like they gas people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause when people talk about it a lot, like people still use the term of like the electric chair, but like we, that's not as common anymore. And I was watching this episode and I was like, well, why would they do it like that? And then I was like, well, how do you want them to do it, Leah? And then I was like, I don't. And I just thought I'd share that with you that that was my journey. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me. I, I think there's, I, I guess they probably still gas people. I mean, lethal injection seems like, um. Yeah, the more common way that they do it now. I don't know. But uh, you're right. I they shouldn't be doing it at all. Yeah, I was like, I literally wrote I was like, turns out, um, I really am against the death penalty. (laughs) Which I think I knew, but it's just like not like a common thought, you know, there's a lot of other um, issues with the, the police and um, the prison system that I've been thinking about that I, you know, the death penalty slipped to the back of my mind. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, it's also bad. (laughs) You guys get this. Every part (laughs) of the prison system in America sucks. No way. Uh, Can you believe it? I'm going to take us away from the X-Files for a minute or maybe, I don't know. Where are we going to go? Well, I mean, this episode is, again, a lot about psychics and ghosts and mediums and such. And so I'm curious if you've ever had an experience that felt notable to you with like a psychic or a medium. Um, I have not. I don't know that I've ever met or like had an encounter with a psychic or a medium, truly. You've never gone to a psychic? No, I'm too scared. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to know at all. I, I think it's fascinating, 
And I think there's part of me that like wants to go, but I think I'm, I don't even know that I'm afraid of what they'll tell me, but I am afraid. I think I believe that like, if I go and they tell me something, then like subconsciously I will make, that will happen because it's like already in my brain that that's like what's going to occur, whatever it is. I don't know. But it's like, it's like planting the seed of like, oh, this is your future. And then you subconsciously create that future for yourself. Um, And I'd rather just be surprised. I'll find out when we get there. Yeah, no. A lot of people have, have recommended I see a psychic. I don't really know why. I don't know what energy I'm giving off that I, uh, <laughs> I, I should be doing that. But I refuse. That's fair. I, that's a fair approach to take, I think. Yeah. Um, have you, Alana, ever had an experience? Man, I've been to psychics a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I've been to psych to a psychic slap or medium probably three or four times in my life. Only one time did I kind of be like, Oh, this might be real. Mm. I went to, this is not the time that was real, but I went (laughs) to um, the house of intuition in Los Angeles when we lived in Los Angeles one time. And this was at a time in my life where I was not doing well. I was emotionally not great. And instead of like going to therapy or going to like some type of religious place, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go to the house of intuition and they're going to fix my life. (laughs) And they did. Uh, The only thing that I remember that the woman I saw told me, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think that the house of intuition is like a, maybe somewhat famous, maybe well-respected place in Los Angeles. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. I don't know how to gauge how respected uh, psychic places are. Um, But this, the only thing that I remember that this woman told me was that uh, Mark Twain is one of my spirit guides who is watching over me. So there's some information for you. Wow, that's I think that's pretty special. He of all of everyone, he chose you. He chose me. Yeah, who knows why, but he chose me. So, uh, yeah, I didn't really believe that one too much. <laughs> uh, but a few years ago, I did go. All of this is going to sound so like just quintessentially me. I went to a seance in Salem, Massachusetts during Mm -hmm. Halloween season, because where else would I be? And it was like an intimate seance. There were two mediums there and there were like four or five people um, who were there to like talk to them. And when this, when one of the mediums, talked to me they did tell me some things that were correct um they told me that they were talking to my grandmother and they did tell me like a lot of it was broad so it's hard to know um but i think i maybe told you about it and you were like well none of those things would have been true for my grandmother so even if it's like broad it's like still correct which i Mm -hmm. guess is true but the thing that maybe 
freaked me out the most is that they uh, described my grandmother's kitchen floor, uh, which was like a checkerboard pattern, which was um, the most specific thing that they said, like they took a real specific swing there and nailed it. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know, maybe this is real. Yeah, I think specific details like that, I mean, obviously sell the experience more, but I do, I do remember you telling me a little about this and I, I, I believed it, I was ready for you. I was like, this is clearly, <laughs> this is clearly real, Alana. Um, but it is, and I, I don't know, I mean, I'm not a medium, but I do think that, big shocker, <laughs> I'm not a medium. Um, I do think that, you know, depending on who they're talking to and the level of connection, like, they are not going to know every single thing about them. Um, so I think sometimes that's why it feels broad, and I think people sometimes easily just want to write that off then. It's like, oh, this could this could be anything. Um, but I don't think it works that way. That's just my, that's my take. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, like they, they said a lot of things that like could have been wrong. Like they told me, um, they asked me if my grandmother died before my grandfather, which was true. They asked if my grandfather died a few years ago, a few years after her, which was true. Mm -hmm. um, they, asked uh i'm trying to think about i just like read over what i wrote down from it they just were like at, they were telling you specific things about like the course of their lives that were true but also could have been guesses but then they also told me something f about the future that ended up being true in a weird way that was like very unsettling when i realized it but the thing is is that i also watched them talk to the other few people that were there who were less kind of, I think, open to the experience and just be mm -hmm. totally wrong. Like I didn't watch them have uh, mm. correct, uh, really like on point experiences with most of the other people who were there, which made me think like, am I just gullible in that I'm like, <laughs> just like, am I like energetically giving them something that everyone else isn't and they're reading me better because I'm more open to it, which I think could be true. Yeah. Yeah, I could, that's what I was thinking as you were saying that. Like, I think if you go to an experience being willing to, uh, you know, accept whatever comes out of it and open to the possibility, you have a higher chance of it probably getting an accurate reading compared to if you go somewhere and you're like, this isn't real. This is fake. I don't believe it. Like you're, cause I would think, and I'm once again, I don't actually know this, but I would think that if a medium or like anyone conducting a seance is trying to welcome spirits that are connected to these people they would need access to their energy in order for that person to like fully arrive and for them to be able to get a message from them because um, it's like that spirit body connection it would be from that person and if you're completely closed off to it then like it's they're not going to be able to come through in the same way yeah yeah that's probably so, true I so mean, i don't think knows? you're gullible <laughs> 
I think you are very open and that is beautiful. And fuck those other people who came to the seance and ruined everything. <laughs> it did get, it did get awkward. Cause there was the, like, it was such a small group of people. And there was one person in particular who was like, I don't know if their partner brought them unwillingly or something, but they were like legit angry about being there oh. and about everything that the mediums tried to guess. They were like very rude about like saying oh. no. They weren't well, their Their energy probably fucked up the whole place anyway. <laughs> now they awesome. kind of navigate through all of this bullshit, trying to get into the spirit world and this person's coming in there with, dark anger cloud above their heads. Yeah, but that's very similar to Mulder in this episode. It is. Bringing it back. Did you like that? Did you? I really did. I was really impressed. I like, I couldn't even, I didn't even have a response because, wow. I'm gonna, when we uh, submit for the podcast version of Emmy nominations, I'm gonna use that clip. Mm -hmm. What, do you know what that's called? Is it called the potties? (laughs) I hope so. Okay, I I just remembered something that Mulder says in this episode that it that when I heard him say it, I was like, oh, that kind of, I, it just like hit me kind of directly because he was he told Scully, mm-hmm. he said, open yourself to extreme possibilities only when they're the truth, oh. which is you know what it. On one hand, I'm like, yeah, sure. That's me thinking about my seance. Like, should I, is this an extreme possibility? I, is it the truth? I don't know. Uh, but also, I don't know, Mulder, like, you believe in a lot of shit that you don't know is the truth, so. Yeah. It's, it's that he thinks that he can be objective, but that she can't be. Is, like, yeah. what it comes yeah. down to. Like, <laughs> Um, and that is fucked up and probably rooted in misogyny, but. Yeah, that's really true. Because Mulder believes in a lot of crazy shit that, like, half the time he's not right about. Yeah. But he never acknowledges that he's not right. And this whole episode, he's basically treating Scully as if she can't make decisions because her father died. Yeah. Man. This is the maddest I've ever. The truth came out. (laughs) This is the maddest I've ever been at Mulder. This is um, a real new feeling for me. I didn't write down anything about him wearing glasses. I didn't write down anything about him wearing jeans. This is not a good episode for Mulder. Yeah, no, we were blinded by our anger, uh, as we should be, because he was being a dick. I did also write, uh, this just made me laugh when I just read it. Scully's going through the ringer, her dad dies, and then Mulder, her boyfriend, gets shot. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty rough. She does literally, like, she runs from the victim in that moment also. Like, she is there as an FBI agent, and they have the victim, and then Mulder gets shot, and she's like, to his side, like, little baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she covers him with her jacket. It really is, like, all the important men in her life are, yeah. like, dying or near death in this episode. Yeah, he, he only got shot in the leg, so it's like, whatever. Yeah. 
the drama of it all. <laughs> right. So they're like acting like he's going to die. Come on. I mean, I guess it could have hit an artery or something, but he's fine. Did this episode in general, just like even beyond psychics and mediums, did this like bring up anything for you about ghosts? I know that we've talked about ghosts before. Um, um, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but I don't like to tell people that I have a Ouija board. Um, <laughs> you just but told I, everybody. I, but I do. Um, but I do. And I'm sorry about it. Um, we also made a Ouija board once, which was um, even like if you're concerned about people thinking you're being unsafe having a Ouija board, us making our own Ouija board was even stupider. If there was a way to unleash demons, we would have done it then. Yeah. Yeah. We had a piece of paper, which we what just like wrote the alphabet on and then like hello and goodbye and yes and no. And then um, we used <laughs> Hamilton, the, Hamilton the Broadway musical shot glass. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, believe it or not, nothing really happened. Um, no, I don't remember what questions we asked either. So I don't know. Were we trying to contact a specific? I believe we were trying to, and this is something that you forgot to talk about the last time we talked about ghosts. We were trying to contact the ghost that lived in the chair that was in yes. your apartment. Yeah, my my roommate at the time had um, her grandfather's chair who had passed away relatively recently. Um, and his ghost fully lived in it. And I, I, I am pretty convinced of that we did try to summon it. Then I would assume that this was after then I, this is, I did forget about this cause I, I forget about it a lot that I kind of think I saw his ghost. Mm -hmm. And I assume that's why we made our own Ouija board, but it was literally, yes. I was in the apartment alone. I was getting ready to leave. It was like, there's the kitchen you walk through the living room and the chair's like right in the middle and I was going to the bathroom right on the other side and I was in the kitchen and when I turned around right next to the chair, I like stopped in my tracks and like, you know, like when you're about to run into somebody and you're like, oh God. And I out loud said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I was like, mm. <laughs> nobody's here. And like, I didn't, like I didn't see like the physical manifestation of a ghost, but it was like, there was clearly a presence that I really thought I was about to bump into um, to the point that I spoke mm -hmm. to it and then uh, saw nothing and nobody was there. And I left very quickly after that. Um, but uh, maybe it was, maybe it was the ghost of the grandpa in the chair and Unfortunately, he did not want to come out um, with our homemade Hamilton-sponsored Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't want to. But it's nice that you apologized to him when you ran into him. Because if you hadn't, like, who knows how much oh. he would have haunted you. It could, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have because then I, you know, maybe he would have come back and I could have seen him and, and had a better ghost story. Um, 
but I did. I was trying to think if I had any any Ouija board stories with, you know, my Hasbro games Ouija board, which is just, come on, Hasbro. Um, which, by the way, what I bought for my... I do, but I was going to say how I bought that for my other roommate at the time um, who hated Ouija boards, and I thought it was a funny joke, and she was extremely upset with me, so then I had a Ouija board for myself. Um, <laughs> I do. So I used it only once in that apartment because there was a strict rule that I was not allowed to, um, so I did it while my roommates weren't home, and... Um, you know, I didn't open a portal to the demon underworld, so, you know, all their fear was for nothing. I, I did think that there was a chance that I, my grandpa had passed away like two months before, and I was with one of my friends who didn't know anything about my grandpa, and the Ouija board started to spell out like a phrase that my grandpa used to say a lot, and I was kind of like, no. And so we both, you know, did the very typical thing where we're like, are you moving it? No, you're moving it. I'm not moving it. Are you moving it? And neither of us would admit to moving it. Um, so who's to say uh, that that is a possibility? Um, and then, I mean, and then nothing really happened. Like he spilled out that and then we were like crazy. And then we said goodbye. Um, because we're no fools. We know how to, we know how to play. Um, I you gotta say goodbye. You have to, you guys, you, I, we can't stress this enough. Also probably just don't use Ouija board. Um, but if you want to, I won't tell you what to do as someone who is actively telling stories of using one. Uh, the only other time I used it and thought something was happening was, and oh, this story is so silly and I love it. I, it was um, Thanksgiving and I was with my sister and um, one of my roommates and we were playing Twister. Have I told you this story? Um, I don't know. Keep telling it. It sounds okay. kind of familiar. So we were playing Twister and it kept, or like three times in a row, the Twister board went to left hand red. And so, you know, we were all joking, but we were like, oh, maybe it's a ghost. Because um, we were like, what are the chances? And so then we were like, if there's a ghost here, like, do it again. And then it did. And so we were all like, ah! Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then we were like, well, now we got to break out the Ouija board. So we broke out the Ouija board, cleared the twister, um, and... It's, but I wish I had the note somewhere, but it started to spell out something that I remember started with a J. Um, like it was like almost the start of someone's name, but it didn't mean anything to any of us. So we were like, that's strange. So we were like, okay, maybe there's a presence here that has a message, but you know, those people don't live in this apartment anymore or, or something that, you know, they, they entered the wrong portal and so we were like, do you have a message that you need us to, you know, get across, you know, trying to help? Um, and it went to no. And so we were like, okay, maybe that was a fluke. So we were like, before we go, we just want to, like, basically make sure 
there's anything that you need from us. Um, you know, we were just really trying to be as helpful as possible. Um, cause I think this ghost was probably disappointed, uh, in who he or she encountered. Um, and then it spelled out, like it went to the N and then it went to the O <laughs> and we were like, okay, um, this ghost does not want to talk to us. So once again, we said goodbye. Um, so I hope that that ghost finds whoever, whoever they needed to find. Um, but they oh, did I, were not interested. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear what happened here. The ghost really wanted to play Twister and was trying to play Twister, and then you put the Twister board away and got out the Ouija board, and it was right. pissed. It was really upset. Um, you know, I didn't really think of that. I'll have to get out the Twister again, get out the Ouija board again, go back to that apartment and apologize and start again even though it's been like two years now <laughs> Twist, twister is the new ouija board yeah we were like you know you really seemed like you wanted to hang while we were playing twister um, well they did but they wanted to keep playing twister they did the twister board was their portal and we fucked up their entrance by getting on the ouija board <laughs> they didn't want to come through that one and they made that perfectly clear <laughs> So um, those are my those are my my Ouija board ghost experiences. If I dare to use it again, I will be sure to let you know. We could play it live on on the pod one day. We could. I I don't know how we would do that because like, I mean, it would just have to be you holding the the oh fuck whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> well, we'll do it in the future. We have eleven years or seasons or whatever you want to call the time frame in which our life is measured by now. Uh, and I assume we'll be allowed to see each other at some point. Maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah. Hard to say. I am always interested in messing around with a Ouija board, but I've never had anything actually happen with one. Um, I've never even close to come to thinking a ghost was sending an actual message. I mean, are you approaching the situation with an open mind? You know I am. I'm, <laughs> like, the most open, like, let's fucking do this. Where's the ghost? But no, it just never happens. You're too eager. <laughs> yeah, probably. I just saw I have a note that says, classic Mulder prank with the t-shirt move. And I have no clue what that means. Does that mean oh, anything I know to you? Yeah, I know what that means. He um, proves, or he thinks that he proves that Bob oh, is a fraud. Yes. Because he gives him a scrap of a shirt he says is from one of the victims. Boggs, like, sniffs it like he's a dog and then goes into this whole rant. And then mm -hmm. Mulder's like, nope, that's a scrap from my shirt that I pulled off of, like, one of my Yankee shirts. So mm -hmm. you're a fucking liar. That's that was a fun moment. I'm glad you remembered that classic Mulder <laughs> prank. We see Mulder doing so many classic pranks. I don't know. I maybe he does more pranks later on that 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 brought up some some thoughts for me. But yeah, there really haven't been any, any up until now. I guess I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a prank, but when he like had put the thumbprints of the dead guys on his glasses, not a prank, but like a sneaky move. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was a, a sneaky, sneaky move. 
Sneaky underhanded. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we love him. I'm, I'm, I'm over being mad at him. I'm back. I'm, I'm back. You can't you, you can't let it last beyond the episode because the next episode has nothing to do with this. So like we're just forced to let it go. Right, exactly. And uh, will Mulder um, acknowledge that he got shot in the leg in this episode? In the next episode, I doubt it. I haven't seen it yet, but I doubt it's, it. They exist in like completely separate timelines. I don't know, like. <laughs> What if there's like a year between each episode? <laughs> I mean, I'd love it. I'd love it if there was. The They've show been partners was... for 180 years. <laughs> That's why they're so intimate with each other. It's not that they just met. It's been two years. We just didn't know. That I would love if that was actually like the twist at the end of the show is that this was all happening in like an alternate universe time portal. And for everyone else, it was like two days but for Mulder and Scully it was like 5,000 years they spent just together in in a world of their own making if that's not the um, end it's gotta be the, Alana, it's gotta be the end I think you have the plot of your fan fiction oh shit yeah yeah that, I'll get right in it I would read the shit out of that <laughs> <laughs> all right well I guess that's everything um, so signing off as always, hey aliens, if you're out there, why don't you come get us? Cause we're scared. <laughs>